Welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I can't really keep that up. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Matt Basta, and it's Halloween month. It's a spooky time of year. How are you doing, Matt? I'm I'm doing all right. Um, It's weird that it feels this year like people are way more excited for Halloween than normal. I don't know. I feel I like all the Halloween too. enthusiasts have just like come out of the woodwork on like September 30th and it's just full force this year. Yeah, I'm all for it too. It's just like, let's embrace Halloween month. I I don't know. I, I wanted to do like a theme word for this month, like Spooktober, but our friends <laughs> of the show, uh, <laughs> uh, Super Gamecast 64 has been doing that for years. So I'm like, okay, we can't step on those shoes. And then I was coming up with a few other ones and they all are terrible. So we're just not even going to do that. I guess we'll just say Halloween month. Halloween month is fine. <laughs> 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 efficient and to the point. It's the um, best we could do. Cool. Uh, I don't know what to do without Brent on this. Podcast. Oh, I know, dude. It's it's okay. You haven't been on in quite a while, and uh, I don't know. This is a video game podcast for anyone who's unfamiliar. Hopefully, you're familiar. Please listen to our show. Um, but for instance, let's hear from Matt Basta. <laughs> Gotta start there. <laughs> really setting me up for success. Oh, for um, sure. Uh, okay, video games. Uh, I actually have been playing video games. Oh, me too. I think we actually might stand a chance this episode, listener. There's a, a game I downloaded on my phone. It's an Android game. I might have even brought it up before a very long time ago. Um, it's called Reigns, R-E-I-G-N-S. It's like a little card game. Um the premise is that uh, you are a king, and each card is like a different scenario, and you either swipe left or swipe right to choose between one of two options. And the outcome of those options usually has an effect on one of four sliders. There's the church, there's the people, there's the military, and there's money. And so, for instance, like the church might be like, we want to build a new church, and that would increase your religious score, but decrease your amount of money. Um, if you said no, um, it would do the opposite. And there's all sorts of different things and like uh, diseases and uh, wars and different things. Um, the mechanics are extremely simple, but the gameplay is very tricky. If you fill up or empty out any of the meters, um, you die. Damn. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit unforgiving. So <laughs> if like your money fills up all the way, you, you like throw this lavish party and then somehow like die at it. Um, if you run out of money, like merchants own everything, you no longer control the city. And so you have to be like really careful uh, to, to make sure you're not letting anything get too high or too low. And you get better at playing the game because you sort of know the outcome of the different cards as they come up. Um, there's certain like predetermined events uh, and by interacting them within in certain ways it unlocks new sets of cards and new types of things that you can do. Um, some of it's just like really funny. There's little sorts of mini games uh, built in. There's like a fencing mini game. Um, nice. There's like a, a dungeon crawler mini game thing. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, it, it'll definitely hold your attention for a few hours. Uh, a lot of fun. I uh, would definitely recommend it. 
uh, it's I think it's three dollars on Google Play. So um, if you have a chance, definitely go and pick it up. I don't know if it's available for iOS. Okay, but very cool. Yeah, I do intend on checking that one out. Thanks for bringing that to the show. For sure. Have you been playing the Mario Kart Tour at all? Uh, I didn't even know that there was a Mario Kart Tour. Oh my god, Basta. All right, well, that Is was something I was going to br- bring up, so I'll just like briefly mention it before you continue. It's free on a- Android and iOS, and it's by Nintendo. It's fully licensed, legitimate Mario Kart game uh, on your phone, and it's a blast. I guess I'll, I'll talk about it when I get to my gaming. Okay, let me. I'm going to bring it up on my phone. Mario Kart oh, Tour. Oh, it's do it's download it. Absolutely, listener, you should too. Okay. Um. Wow. And also, Doctor Mario World is that a thing? Uh, is it? <laughs> Apparently. Uh. Sure, we'll get both. Um. In any case, <laughs> uh, the, the next thing that I've been playing, um, I've been spending a lot of time playing this the past couple weekends. Um, City Skylines. Um, I played it. You're before. back into it. <laughs> I'm back everyone's, into it. Everyone's going to their old school games. I was playing Drug Lord recently. Bren was playing something that made sense. I fucking forget. It's it's been really nice. I've been spending a ton of time working on Pinecast and Pinecast features, and every now and then I just need a little bit of respite from the constant feature shuffle. Um, and so. Picked up City Skylines, uh, been jamming on that. I actually explored a bunch of features that I've never really gotten into before, like district specializations. So I didn't really even understand how this mechanic worked. Uh, I was familiar with it in SimCity, where you would have like certain depots and things that would that would do stuff, but like I couldn't really figure it out in City Skylines. It turns out that there's like a hidden menu where you can choose a specialization and assign it to a district. Um, and so for commercial districts, you can either assign a tourism or uh, entertainment specialization. And then for uh, industrial, uh, you can assign agriculture, you can assign forestry, mining, oil drilling. Um, there's a bunch of different options. So if you're familiar with SimCity, you would... Uh, actually put down farmland, right? Like that was an option that you could like drag out and it was just farmland type plots. Um, With city skylines, it's just regular industrial plots, but in a district zoned for agriculture, it you'll, you'll end up with like little farmlands instead of um, factories or. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. It's kind of neat. One thing that I had only ever just, glanced at but never really got into so much um as you get to be a larger and larger city one of the common problems that you run into is that the commercial districts say we don't have any goods to sell and that's always been something that like i've mostly ignored and it hasn't really been too much of a problem but um the city i've been working on lately has gotten very very large um i basically hit the last city milestone the megalopolis and the problem is, like, at a certain point, like, all of your commercial buildings are saying not enough goods to sell. And what this means is they need cargo. And so this comes from two issues. Number one is not having enough non-office industrial. So offices count as industrial. Um, but if you have only offices, they're not producing anything. They're not, like, making goods. They're just doing office work. And while that's good because they don't produce pollution, they don't produce noise, 
They take highly educated workers and give them a job. Um, they look nice. People like living next to them. You don't have any goods for your commercial zones to sell. Uh, so what you have to do to supplant the lack of dirty industrial is build uh, like cargo hubs, rail yards with the, the cargo things, um, all sorts of like ways for goods to get into your city and then strategically place them so that it doesn't create like a giant traffic disaster. Uh, yeah. So I've been playing with that a lot. It's actually really intricate. One of the problems that I've started to run into is like train traffic uh, ends up becoming an issue. Um, trains will like line up um, at intersections. And so you have to like very carefully uh, design the way that your, your rail lines split. Um, Cause otherwise they can end up in sort of like a deadlock. Um, it's really interesting. Absolutely. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, the game very much unfolds. Um, One of the big complaints that I've come across just from, like, having played this for uh, so long at this point, um, once you've hit the last milestone, you can't unlock any more tiles of your city. So you're sort of, like, stuck at whatever size you've ended up at. There's a mod that unlocks that and lets you unlock the full grid of the map, but it kind of sucks that you can't do it in vanilla. Yeah. The other thing, and this is sort of like an end game sort of thing, they have these special buildings um, with different levels. And the idea is the buildings oftentimes have certain requirements, like have zero pollution or have a 50% crime rate or, you know, some like ridiculous thing. One of them is like um, have each type of natural disaster. And so as you get like further and further into building your city, these become sort of like the next challenges because there's no more milestones for you to complete. And so it's like, all right, well, my crime rate is 1%. <laughs> you know, like how do I get this special building, which then unlocks like the fusion reactor or something. Um, and it's like, okay, well, I have to like turn off all of my police stations and like allow crime to go up to, you know, some ridiculous level temporarily. Jeez. Yeah. So a weird sort of twist to the game. Um, I, I think I'm actually probably going to dig out my license for SimCity 5 and see if I can get that to boot. I know that they turned off the servers for it ages ago. I don't know if you can still play single player without the online component. Uh, I hope so. But Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. It was, it was not a good game. <laughs> but he was not yeah, a good game. You still want to play? Yeah, <laughs> For it, had, it had some things. Well, so the thing is, like City Skylines and SimCity Five are extremely similar in many ways. Um, the unfortunate thing is, SimCity Five had a number of like really fundamental flaws in the way that it handled really basic things. For instance, there was a problem where the population of your city like wouldn't scale appropriately, so they sort of just fudged it in the game. You know, like if your population is above like 5,000 or whatever, instead of growing linearly, it grows polynomially. And it's like, that doesn't feel good that you're just like fudging the numbers to like make it look like I'm doing better than I am. Yeah. There were some serious problems with the way traffic worked. Cars wouldn't make a uh, right turn on red. Um, cars would preemptively go into an intersection and then block the intersection for all opposing traffic. So like, you know how people go into an intersection, like when they're going to turn left to wait for oncoming traffic to go past. Yeah. Cars would do that, but then like block the oncoming traffic. Um, 
even if like there was no way that they could complete the turn and then like the light would change (laughs) and like the oncoming traffic is still waiting and then the traffic from the opposite direction would like come out into the intersection you just have an intersection full of cars um and they're just it's just all gridlock so (laughs) not the best uh but it did have some really interesting components that i want to revisit well, that sounds interesting, and I, I hope it does boot for you, and regardless of it being online or not, hopefully you can play some single player. I, I hope so, yeah. I'll report back. Very cool. Well, yeah, it sounds like you have been gaming, so that's really exciting. Um, As for me, yeah, I've been playing mostly uh stuff on PS4, which I'll get to, but I have been playing a lot more of Mario Kart Tour. I brought it up last episode just briefly, and one of my complaints was like how you don't get to... like pick from a character roster you unlock them as you go and it's very much random like i was stuck with like baby peach and toadette for the longest time but over like about a week of playing i currently now have koopa kid and yoshi and i was like super stoked to get yoshi but the way the game works is you get this one there's like two different kinds of in-game currencies uh the coins and these uh rubies and if you have five rubies you can uh go to the menu and fire off like these warp pipe things that it's basically like a loot box bren was explaining on last episode and if you could get either a character a vehicle or a parachute for your vehicle and it's all randomized so there and that's another thing bren said was despite luigi being on the main art as you load up the game on the actual character roster you cannot play as luigi and i'm like I hope they add huh. more characters or something. It's very strange that they would exclude him of all, all people. And yet there's like baby peach and shit. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. But yeah, it's a really fantastic game. I feel like I've completed the Mario Cup, Donkey Kong Cup, Yoshi Cup, Koopa Troopa Cup, and I'm currently... Oh no, I did Toad and Peach Cup. Holy shit, I did the Bowser Cup. All right, I'm for very far in this game. So I, I, it's very enjoyable. I highly recommend our listeners play it. I know you just downloaded it today, so I'm eager to get your I'm feedback. literally like booting it up. I, I just uh, started it up, and it already has an update and won't let me play until I've updated. Oh, god damn it. Well, honestly, <laughs> it's worth the update. I, download on Wi-Fi, though. Uh, oh, here it goes. Oh, it's very loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's cool. You must link your Nintendo account if you want to play. I don't have a Nintendo account. Okay, we're going to do this. Oh, wow. It's just like, here's some gifts for you. Uh, Do it in three days or else they go away. And I just accepted them and got all sorts of coins and shit. So I don't know. It's a very fun game. Highly recommend. Uh, And then as far as the PlayStation 4 stuff I've been playing, it is Halloween month. So I've been playing Prey on stream and it's been scary. Uh, No one's tuning in. It's fine. But hopefully listeners, if you're listening to this, tune in. Uh, I'm actually going to change my Twitch stream schedule because it sucks. I love Yusong as a streamer and he does... It, it was unfortunate. I didn't realize my uh, schedule overlapped with his. So I'm like, every time I just go to scream, I'm like, oh no, I'm missing you song. So I want to fix that. So I'm no longer doing Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. I'll most likely be doing Monday and Wednesdays uh, at 8 p.m. So look forward to that. Yeah, Prey's a really good game. I forgot how, I don't know, high tech it was. It, felt, it feels like a Deus Ex kind of game where the controls are... Just very familiar, and I'm having a blast with it. But then again, I'm also such a bitch when it comes to horror games, so, like, I don't know, the stuff that, like, when shit jumps out at you, like, I'm actually screaming. So it might be a fun stream to watch. Well, good luck. 
Thank you. I'm going to need it because yeah, it's I'd never beat that game. And that's one I don't know why I gave up on it. So hopefully I can at least beat it before Halloween. Other than that, though, I am back into the last Guardian of all games. And it's because of a buddy of mine is a huge fan of it and has like the art book. And he's like super into the, all of the like Shadow of the Colossus and Ico. And I love both of those games and I've played both of those and I have last last Guardian, but never really dived into it very far. I maybe got like an hour or two into it. And he was just like, over the other day, we had a bonfire and we uh, put that in afterwards and played for a solid like three hours and got decently far. It's such a good game. I feel like the artwork's incredible. The environments are like, there's so much detail, but there are like inherent problems with how glitchy the game can be and like, like how you have to like wait for the creature to go to a certain area for him to jump. And like, there's so many, just, there's so much potential for the player to fuck up and not realize what they're supposed to do. But they, I guess they did try to make it as straightforward as possible. But also, there's some challenging ones where it's just like, oh, he's laying down over here. But you have to realize that its tail is over the edge there, and you can climb down its tail to access another area, and that's the only way to progress. It's It does throw curveballs like that to really make you, like, when you exhaust all other opportunities, be like, okay, I have to look around in the environment and see if there's anything else I can do at all. Um, so it makes you think it's a beautiful game. There's this moment where, like, there's, like, a puddle of water or something, and for some reason the creature trico just decided to lay down and roll around in it and seeing like every feather blowing in the wind like and also the difference between the dry feathers versus the wet feathers or like the the reflectiveness also yeah there's this item the main character carries around it's kind of like a shield looking thing but they call it a mirror and he can kind of uh shoot a light where you want to direct trico to shoot his like electricity beams to like uh blow shit up that thing he wears on his back and as he's moving around seeing like the reflections and just also the way water uh the the fluidness of the water in the game i just have to give them all the credit in the world for really making a super believable realistic environment in this game even though i think what this game came out in 2016 and it was also uh laughed at because of how long it took to come out because this was one of those that was always in development no one knew if it was going to come out and it's by the people of Shadow of the Colossus, which I feel like they perpetually just continue to make games that have, like, graphics that are, like, PS2, PS3 quality at best. Like, they didn't really up their graphics engine at all, but they're telling incredible stories and uh, really making the environments believable. So I- I'm excited to finish that, but more likely we'll be doing that in my free time and not streaming that, and I'll focus my streaming on Prey. Good. Um it- it's it's always interesting when there's these sorts of like I don't want to say older games because I guess it's really not that old. No, but yeah, three by, years. <laughs> you know, three years isn't actually that long. And as I get older, I, I'm constantly remembering. <laughs> um, but it's good that these games like retain some replayability value because there's so many games that come out these days, uh, especially like AAA games that you play it once and like you know two years later it's like you would never even think to play it a second time. Yeah, absolutely. No, I know what you're saying. And this one, I feel like, it, it, I don't know. I'm excited to finish this one, at least. Uh, fucking Shadow of the Colossus was mind-blowing, so hopefully this is going to be up to par. But that'll probably do it for the video game discussion as far as what we've been playing. There is some stuff in new, in the show topics I did want to bring up. In fact, this one, I thought Bren posted it, but it was actually you, and it's... uh. Something you saw on Twitter, it's 
When asked if Pokemon are sentient, Game Freak's answer was, they are just getting by or they're just living. And I'm like, just are, they, are, are they serious? <laughs> and wait, that doesn't mean yes or no. Like, what does that mean? Are Pokemon sentient? They're just getting by. Yeah, I like friends. <laughs> I said this when he's like, living in the moment, Pokemon. It's like, oh, man. That's weird, and it makes me think if they are sentient, fuck, those poor bastards. Yeah, um, well, I mean, they've got to be sentient to some degree, in the Pokemon universe, of course. Right. Um, I do not expect my cell phone to be, like, simulating the consciousness of the Pokemon that I send to Professor Oak to be ground up into candy or whatever. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I just saw that. I picked it out because it, it just seemed like a ridiculous thing. Nope, it's perfect for our show. Um, trying to load some more here. Uh, I saw that you posted something about Breath of the Wild 2. What's going on there? Yeah, this is a fun... I, I don't know if you want to link the tweet in the show notes. Um, yeah. Someone had made uh, one of these demake videos. Um, are, you, are you familiar with the concept? Uh, deep fake? D-make, D-E-M-A-K-E. Oh. Okay, no, I'm not. Um, so rather than sort of like a remake, um, they take a game concept and like make it as if it was going to be on an old console. Oh, nice. Um, so they took the concept for Breath of the Wild 2 and then basically made music and assets and like a full trailer as if it was being built for uh, the Nintendo 64. That is awesome. I'm watching some of it now, and wow, they really went all out. They really did. <laughs> they really probably went too far. Um, it's one of those things, like, is the 45 seconds of, like, Twitter fame really worth all the effort that they put into this? And, like, I guess? I guess. They they should, at, this, at that point, just fucking dive deep and do the full Make game. Make the game, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, it, it looks really good. I was convinced that it was something real because it definitely looks like something that Nintendo would have put out in the late 90s. Seriously. Um, yeah, no, this is super legit. I hope our listeners get a chance to check this out. Yeah, and, and definitely look at some of the, some of the artists that uh, worked on that because all of them are very talented. That This whole concept reminds me of when I was last at like a gaming convention. It was like too many games, not this past one, but the one before that. And there was some vendors selling, like, legit-ass copies of Sega Genesis games, but it was, like, Grand Theft Auto V. And I'm like, what the actual fuck? And I I almost was tempted to buy it just to, like, pop it in and see what would happen. You know, I have a fairly extensive collection of old games, I guess you might say, um, on my Nintendo Virtual Console. And... I'll tell you what, not a lot of them hold up. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I'm really interested. I, I saw that there's, um, what is it, Link's Awakening for Switch is coming yes. out soon. It's already that's, out, yep. That's very exciting to me. Um, I might end up picking that up uh, and, and playing it. I actually had um, the original Link's Awakening for Game Boy back, I don't know, 96 97 is a very long time ago nice and there were two versions of the game there was the original version and then they put out like a dx version 
uh, slightly later that was uh, in color and it had like a few minor improvements, but really my understanding of it is that the DX version just fixed all of the bugs from the original. In addition to like making it in color, the original version, as it turned out, was quite buggy. If you went to like the the game cheats pages for uh, the original version, like it was super long and then the DX version just didn't have any of them because it was just like all bugs that you could exploit rather than like actual cheat codes built into the game. Um, and one of the cheat mechanisms uh, that you could use, uh, which was interesting. So it was sort of one of these like tile scroller games where um, there was like an area that you could walk around in. And then when you walked off the edge of the area, it would like pan up or down or left or right into the next area um, and then you could walk around in there and then so on and so forth. The trick was if you paused the game just as it was about to start scrolling, your character would stay in the same position on the screen rather than moving to the edge that you just walked onto. Yeah. Um, but the, the screen would still scroll. So <laughs> what it would let you do is basically like warp forward by like 10 meters, right? So it didn't let you go far, but it let you basically warp past certain obstacles into like parts of the game that like weren't unlocked yet. So the game was enormous and like as a seven-year-old or whatever, (laughs) I was really bad at it. Um, And I didn't know what to do next. And so I found this online and I was like, sure, why not? I'll start fucking around with it. And uh, I started warping all over the place. And then it turns out that there's certain places where you could warp into, but you can't warp back out of just because of the way the level is designed. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll just see what happens with this. Um, So I went all the way up into the mountains, um, which is sort of like the end game area. Uh, It's where like the fucking wind fish thing is or whatever. And there's all these holes everywhere that you sort of like fall into caves. And one of the caves is full of water. Well, I didn't have the flippers, so I couldn't swim. So what happens is when you fall into water and you don't have the flippers, it teleports you back to wherever you fell in the water from. But in this case, I was falling into the water through the ceiling. So I entered the room and I was in the room. I never landed on solid ground and I fall into the water. And then it would teleport me back to where I just was, which is the middle of the air falling into the water. <laughs> and I just over and over, and I get into this loop. Oh, man. Now, the problem is the way the game is designed is... Are you familiar with the notion of a stack in programming? Yes. Okay. So for our listeners that don't know, basically yep. <laughs> it's it's a pile of data, right? And you start from the bottom and you put some data on and then something else happens. You put more data on top of that. But like you'll never use the thing on the bottom until the thing on the top has gone away. Yes. Um, so basically like each pile, uh, each bit of this pile of data is like a task. And when like a task completes, it pops it off the stack. And then you can resume whatever task you were doing before that one. This is how most computer programs are built. There's a stack of some variety. In this case, the stack was keeping track of putting you onto solid ground. So you would fall into the water and it would push something onto the stack and try and warp you, but then it would put you back into the air and then so on and so forth and push onto the stack and push onto the stack and push onto the stack until eventually it ran out of memory and started overwriting the ROM of the game. Holy shit. And so 
I actually ruined my cartridge. Um, I just like let it play. And like, as it was playing, like things like stopped working. Yeah. You would like turn the game off and turn it back on. And like the title screen was all fucked up. And like, (laughs) like the sprite sheet is all fucked. It was really weird. Um, I feel like I got it at one of those, like, not like flea markets, but like one of those, uh, I don't even remember them from like the nineties or the early aughts. Almost like a GameStop, but like entirely for used games and everything was just super cheap. Yeah. Um, just like one of the family owned ones. Yeah. We had one called Microplay in my local area. That's long. Yeah. Gone. Um, as like they didn't sell any new games. It was nothing new at all. It was just all used video games. And I got it for like 10 bucks, but I was still just so <laughs> devastated because like as a seven year old, you know. So I never actually got a chance to finish that game. And I would have to say it's probably one of the most creative Zelda titles out there. Um, like there was Chain Chomp in it. Like there were parts where you'd like go down a hole and you'd be in like a Super Mario level. It was like a 2D platformer and you'd come back out and you'd just be in like the normal top-down game. Yeah, it seems pretty interesting. It was it was really neat. And there's a lot of there's a lot of fun crossovers. I heard something about Kirby being in it. No way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether that's accurate or not. Sure. Somebody had just mentioned it in passing, but um, I'd be really interested to play it. And I saw the graphics, and it's not my favorite visual style, Same. but I'm interested in you know giving it a shot and seeing how how it works. Yeah, I have to prioritize with what new shiny game I want to get next, and I think it would be Code Vein for PS4. I just saw it's actually only fifty dollars in stores, so I'm like, I thought it'd be sixty, so I'm like, already it's ten bucks off compared to what I thought it would be. Uh, It's brand new. It's basically anime Dark Souls. And I'm like, super sold. It's fantastic. I brought it up on a previous episode. Go check out that trailer. It's one of those trailers where it's like, I need to buy what you just presented to me. So very uh, effective. For sure. Um, But that's... Oh, no. Is there anything else in show topics we feel like bringing up? Uh, Let's see here. There's got to be something going on. Oh, Life is... Yeah, I was revisiting some of our older Halloween episodes just for shits and giggles, and it's funny. Literally, last year, I was talking to Matt Owen of the Super Gamecast 64 podcast, and we were discussing episode one of Life is Strange 2, and here we are a year later, and the final episode of that game is on the horizon for what uh release of december 3rd so it's just ridiculous how how dramatically long this game has taken to be released over the course of five episodes it was a whole emotional roller coaster at first i hated it then i was starting to enjoy it but then i lose interest in the months of gaps in between the episodes releasing so yeah the first episode was released in september 2018 and yeah, it's going to at least wrap up this year and I'm hoping to that it wraps up good because so far I'm like, now I'm nervous again because the way episode four wrapped up, I'm like, this is getting fucking corny now. Yeah, you've definitely been waiting a long ass time uh, for this to finish. And I guess it's smart that the game developers sort of took this approach where it's like they know it's going to take an absolute eternity to like finish the game. Yeah. If they had waited two years to release it two extra years to, to like put it all out at once. Um, I think a lot of the momentum might've been lost um, and releasing it sort of piecemeal is probably like the best way to keep the momentum going with the game. Even though, you know, certainly every time a, a new episode comes out, you go on a rant about how like you've forgotten what happens and you have to go yeah. back and reference things. 
I guess it's smart, you know, when you know your limitations and, you know, you, you make accommodations for that. Uh, but it, it is definitely annoying. <laughs> for sure. So, I don't know. And I'm also just annoyed because I've been dying to have a spoiler cast about this shit. And it's been like, I've been forced to wait for now a year. But hopefully that gives me more time to sk- schedule it and coordinate that. Because I want to have some uh, friends of the show on for that. Because I know uh, Nick Jenkins would probably like to be on that one and some other people too. So... Uh, but speaking of that, I think there's going to be an episode later during Halloween month with Judge Greg and Nick Jenkins of Gamers Without Borders. They haven't recorded an episode of their own podcast, but they'll come on to ours. So that's fantastic. <laughs> um, love those guys. Uh, but other than that, there is something I do want to bring up since I have you on the show and I find it very interesting. You used to be uh, responsible for our offshoot podcast, Almost Better Than Dragons, and this news <clears throat> might be funny to you. Wendy's has released their own tabletop RPG, and apparently the enemies or whatever that you're facing are like McDonald's and Burger King and shit at like the end of the game. But it seems pretty legit. It's called Feast of Legends, and I'm like, okay, we gotta revive ABTD, Matt. Like, let's play some Feast of Legends. <laughs> I don't know about Feast of Legends. Um, <laughs> I, th- I I don't want to make a, a podcast with corporate branded. Oh content. wait, good point. Okay, yeah, damn it, that's the downside. But it just seems so memey and fun. Like I don't know, KFC released a fucking dating sim not long ago. I mean, like I will say this: if the fine folks at Wendy's want to offer us a sponsorship, there we go to do a, a Wendy's themed campaign. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna, that. Okay, I'm gonna write to them. I'll sell out. <laughs> but what if they only offer to pay us in spicy nuggets? I think I'd still accept because that'd be fine. I mean, there's definitely a, a few things that they could pay us in. Um, I don't know Ooh, if spicy frosties. nuggets would be my first choice, but there's there's things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so I actually don't know where there is a Wendy's around me, but I'm keep sure your fingers crossed on that, listener, because yeah. that's hopefully in the future. No, I'm just trolling. I can. I can figure something out. I, I've been hankering for some D&D. Uh, it's been a hot minute. Maybe we can dig AJ out of his like yes, sarcophagus or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds good. Well, then I think we're going to end on that note. Oh, wait. One other thing I did see was Applebee's had no fuck it i don't even know what that was it was such a dumb ad <laughs> fuck I, applebee's I, yeah whatever <laughs> fuck applebee's wait it's my 30th birthday soon isn't that some stupid joke we have like an inside joke about turning 30 at an applebee's i forget i have to look that one up is that a Deep joke that we back. had uh, i'm italian anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's wrap this episode up and do some plugs you have a podcast hosting service do you want to maybe plug yeah, that and tell um, our listeners about it if you are interested in starting your own podcast because you think you can do so much better than us, you most likely can. Um, you can head on over to pinecast.com, P I N E C A S T.com. Sign up for free, no credit card required. When you're ready for the good stuff, use the coupon code uh, Wendy's for um, your first month free. Nice. <laughs> Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Basta, M A T T B A S T A. I mostly just shit post, so don't 
get too excited. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great account. Go check that out. And listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe at ABT Silence. I'm findable there. Uh, we're Twitch streaming every Monday and Wednesday now at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, doing some prey. Uh, I also have a record label, and I'm... I don't know. I'm super Halloween mode this year, so I like gave the band camp a makeover. In fact, one of uh the vocalists of a band that I put out cassettes for called Sun Up Sun Down. They're from Canada. They're great. Uh the vocalist Katrina ended up making a jack-o'-lantern of my sad face logo for Missed Out Records, and I thought it was so honoring. Or I was just so honored and it was just beautiful. So that's like all over our social media now too. So definitely go check out Missed Out Records if you want to check out a little do-it-yourself indie record label that I'm at the forefront of. Um, but other than that, I'm trying to think, oh, we do hopefully have some exciting episodes this month. Uh, gonna try to maybe have some kind of scary segments, but, uh, maybe look forward to Judge Greg and Nick Jenkins from Gamers Without Borders, and hopefully Matt Owen will be returning as well. But that's gonna do it for this episode. Thanks for so much for tuning in. See you guys next time. Bye! Goodbye! <laughs>